Would you stand with me for the reading of God's Word this morning? Man, y'all dressed up nice today. Look at Someone that said, John, you're not wearing a tie. I said, well, I want to give you one Sunday out of the year where you can outdress me. But y'all look good, bathed and shaved and everything. Just brushed your hair and good. We're in revival. Is this on TV? We need to DVD this. People just let this be our promo material. You know, when they scan the crowd, is it, ooh, Christ Chapel's white collar. Y'all didn't know there were white-collar churches, did you? There's white-collar, blue-collar, and no-collar. And we're kind of in between blue-collar and no-collar, so save this for later promotions or whatever. All right. Romans 6, 5 through 8, and then 1 Corinthians 15. Turn in your Bibles, Romans 6, 5 through 8, and then 1 Corinthians 15. And if we start reading before you get there, you can borrow it off the screen. Our cameras are scanning the room for those that didn't bring their Bibles because you will make it on the television. All right. Romans 6 verse 5. For if we, you and I, have been planted together in the likeness of Jesus' death, we will also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man, our old self, was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, and that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. In a nutshell, this means this. When we firmly rely, believe, and have an exclusive trust in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ for our sins, we believe that when he died, we died with him. Penalty paid. And we believe when when he got up, we got up with him as well. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 20. But now Christ has risen from the dead and has become the firstfruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam, the first Adam, all die. Even so in Christ, the last Adam, shall all be made alive. But every man in his order, Christ the firstfruits, and afterward they that are Christ at his coming. Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom of God, even the Father, when he will have put down all rule and authority and power. For he must reign until he hath put all enemies under his feet. And the last enemy to be destroyed is death. And before you're seated, I just want to speak a word to those of you that are believers that have sent people on to the other side. How many of you have other people on that side waiting on you? Uh, I'm 56. I haven't seen my earthly dad since I was 11, so 45 years. I think about my daughter Haley, who her dad, that the irreplaceable piece. The two days or the two seasons where I go to the cemetery are Father's Day and Resurrection Sunday. And I love going to the headstone and clearing it away and then looking at every headstone and say, you're all a lie. Christ is the resurrection. 
And just know this, that our reunion is not only scheduled, it's guaranteed. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. For pastors, special days can be the hardest days to preach. On Mother's Day, you preach the joys of motherhood, and all the men are, praise the Lord. On Father's Day, you talk about how great men are, and the wife's over there looking at him, do you know the old man? On Christmas, you know you're going to get the story, you know, on Resurrection Sunday, you know you're going to hear about Christ rising from the dead, which is, of course, necessary and is right. But I believe the Lord gave me a special word for today. And I, I'm slow to say that. I'm not one of these people, thus saith the Lord, because I'll have to answer for every one of those. Now, I can tell you that what I'm going to preach to you, thus saith the Lord, because it's Scripture. But I believe in my heart that the Lord spoke this phrase to me. Not audibly, but just in my heart. The resurrection is the answer to everything. It's the answer to everything. And so would you pray for me as I pray for myself in front of you. Uh, that God would anoint me. You understand that if all I do is preach or teach. The, the, the letter killeth it. It does nothing but puffs us up by knowledge. But if God's spirit anoints it, it comes and connects with that part of you that's God-breathed. And, and, and rhema, uh, deep, true understanding happen. Transformational change will happen. If you have a ready heart and I have an anointed word, it'll happen in our heart today. So I'm going to ask if you would pray for me as I pray for myself. Lord, I, I just humble myself before you, and I tr today I tremble. I really do every Sunday, but today I just tremble. This could be the last resurrection Sunday, Sunday before you return. This could be it. And I pray you would use the minutes I have that I could wring from them every moment of, of truth and application and... Uh, uh, explanation and reach the person where they need to be reached. Let the truth, like water finding the lowest spot, let it find that place in their heart and let them leave today saying, today I heard from God. I heard from his word. I pray for the resurrection of people who were lost to be found, those that are away from you to come home. And Lord, for those that are wounded to leave saying today, I got the answer. The answer is the resurrection. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you're taking notes, number one, the resurrection is the answer to how our sins were paid for, to who it was that paid for our sins. Don't buy into this all gospels are the same, all roads lead to the same place. And my church has heard me say this ad infinitum over and over and over. 75 South does not lead to New York. It just, it just doesn't. Uh, well, I just believe that it does. And that's your truth that 75 South leads to Florida. But my truth is that 75 North leads to Florida. And, you know, uh, uh, truth is relative. There are no absolutes. Well, that's an absolute statement. 
So if there are no absolutes, you just made an absolute statement, then your theory's dead before you ever got started. That's a good one. Feel free to use it. You don't even have to give me credit. It's, it's just good. But the resurrection is the answer to how our sins were paid for, to who it was that died for our sins, to how God was satisfied. It's the answer that not only were my sins paid for, but that God, they were paid for in full and that God was satisfied. John the Baptist declared who he was. Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Not Buddha, not Reverend Moon, not Allah, not any other, any other false god. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And John the Baptist pointed to him and said, that's him. That's the Lamb of God. At his baptism, the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove, saying, this is the one. Also at the baptism of Jesus, the Father spoke from heaven, thou art my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus declared himself to be the Son of God and the Savior of the world. He said, before Abraham was, I am. And they sought to stone him and he hid himself away. And, and his resurrection evidenced his identity as God because the Bible says in Romans 1-4, and declaring to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead, Jesus declared himself to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness, which is flawlessness, purity, by the resurrection from the dead. It is the answer to how do I get my sins forgiven. For there is none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin is death. We are dead in our trespasses and sin. There is no hope. There is no help. There is no pursuit of salvation. Religion across the board with no exceptions. That's a strong statement. You search it out. No exceptions. Religion is a pursuit of salvation. All religions are a pursuit of salvation. Christianity is the gift of salvation. But God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The paycheck for my sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. It answers the question, how must I be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That is not, oh, I believe. I believe. Uh, I, you know, I, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Well, the devil believes that Jesus is the Son of God. But he's not saved. It is, I believe, meaning I have a firm, reliant, exclusive trust in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ for my sins. Nothing else. No candles. No beads. No work, uh, praying to dead saints. No joining a church. I shook Pastor John's hand. I, I joined the church. You might as well shook a donkey's tail. It did you just as much good... It doesn't help. It is what Christ did and what Christ did alone. The resurrection answers the question, how were my sins paid for and by whom? Number two, the resurrection is the answer to what God's intentions were and are toward us. To the unbeliever, if there is a God, 
then what were and his intentions, what were and are his intentions about me? Well, in his desire to create you, he could have made you one of two ways, with, with will or no will, a robot or a free moral agent. He could have just created man that had no opinion, you know, I worship you, you're God, you're perfect, we give you praise. He, or he could give us free will, knowing that he would, if he gave us free will, then we would choose sin and fail. So before the earth was ever created, the plan was put in place. The Bible said the Lamb of God was slain before the foundation of the earth. Jesus was the offerer. He was the offering. And he was in God accepting the offering. His intentions were to give you free will, knowing you would sin. Everyone, everyone would sin. And then through the death burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ have a way to by faith receive a sinless life that we could not obtain and have it applied to us as a gift receiving the righteousness of God by faith bringing us back into fellowship with God with a willing heart not a forced heart it reveals his intentions he wanted someone to be with him that wanted to be with him. He wanted someone to worship him that wanted to worship him. He wanted someone to follow him in a narrow way because it was the way he was going. He wanted, he wanted to create family, not forced. And I don't mean this with an edge or wrong. I'm just telling you, I've, I've lived a while and I'm looking at some of y'all got to white hair like I do. Some of y'all are a little Grecian formula 16 and you're half and half. And others of you just in denial. It's just as black as midnight. But that, it'll work for us. It'll all work. Anyway, what was I saying? Uh, what's that? I lost my place. But your hair looks nice. It looks nice. I, yeah, I, I, it, hey, y'all, it just goes. I just, you know, if I do anything and I stray off and I'm funny and I can't help it, it's a gift. It's been with me forever. <laughs> but it, what in the world was I going to take? It'll come to me in the middle of a different point. Okay. Mm. Everybody's hollering words like, help him, Lord. Can I tell you something funny? Just, just, just right in the middle. It's, got, it's, it's really good. It's, it's the truth. I was preaching in Vidalia, Georgia. And Brother Wood, why do you do that? And I had one person told me. They said, that is so irre irreverent. No, the Bible said laughter worketh like a medicine. And sometimes it'll loosen up a stiff heart. And then when I get them laughing, I can hit them with the truth. So I'm on stage. Back then, you sat on the stage. You know, the pastor had the chairs with the archaic cutout framework because you're just laity. You know that? I'm clergy. So we sit up there and why they let people that can't sing sing, I don't know. It's, it's, first of all, it makes me want to go, is there a leader in the house anywhere? I'm visiting preach. I'm honest to God, honest to God. You won't have one on this stage. I'll tell you the truth. I'll tell you the truth. Do you think I can sing? No. We had a silk flower died the last time you sang. No. No, you can't sing. Hear dogs all over the neighborhood just... Brrr. So this lady is just... 
crooning this God-awful... It was an, an army of notes searching for a pitch, marching. You know, just, just searching for a... And I'm on the stage, and I'm noticing... You know, I'm the guest, so everybody's looking at you and the pastor. And so the pastor looks exactly like Danny DeVito. Exactly like Danny DeVito. And so you hear in the crowd, you'll hear, bless her, Lord. <laughs> While she's the Siegel family, y'all know what I'm talking, y'all have seen it. Nobody will tell them the truth. They should have told them they were a little girl. You are tone deaf. You are, it's horrible. I love you enough to tell you, to spare you. So she's singing, and then you heard, use her, Lord. And I'm just with my eyes closed, and I'm thinking, if I can just get through it. And the pastor, under his breath, goes, kill her, Lord. <laughs> Bro. And when he said, he said, just kill her dead where she stands. I get the fat man laugh going, I'm going. Anyway, what does that have to do with the message? Absolutely nothing, but it's a true story. Maybe there's one person here that thinks that Christianity uh, robs you of happiness and joy. I've known the Lord Jesus as an adult since 1986. And I never knew joy until him. I've never enjoyed life more. And I thank him for the gift of joy and laughter. Can someone say amen? Oh, I remember what I was going to tell you. <laughs> Talking about being old. And that's about the Lord not creating robots. I don't mean this wrong. But I'm never going to ask anybody else to love me ever again in my life. I'm never. Please love me. Will you love me? Will you like me? I'm a great person. Will you like me? Will you, you know, you just get old enough and you realize those that love you, love you. And if, if it takes all that to get you to love me, then it's going to take all that to keep you loving me. And that just means I die earlier. And I'm being funny, but do you see, God didn't want to make, do you love me now? Do you love me now? He wanted it to flow inside out. That's why it said that the greatest commandment, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? Love me, love God with all your heart, mind, and strength. And so the resurrection the resurrection is the answer to who it was that died for our sins and made it possible for us to enter into a free will, authentic union and expression of shared love and life, not only in this world, but in the one to come. So, see, it took a joke to joggle my memory. There's power. In the, in, not a joke, but a true story. People ask me, how are you? Why are you the way you are? It's the life that I've lived behind me is why. All those events that have happened. There are many, many stories. One night we'll just have to do that and tell you all the stories. The resurrection is the answer, I told you, to his intentions towards us. When he walked the earth and raised people from the dead, it wasn't just to raise them from the dead. Everybody he raised from the dead died again. He raised Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus had two funerals. Every blind person he healed, 
if they lived long enough, went blind again. What was the message? The, the resurrection is the answer to every question. You, if you look far enough, it may only be a thread, but it's connected. Now watch. The resurrection was not about when he would resurrect the widow of Nain's son or, or, or uh, Lazarus. The resurrection was not about the earthly moment. It pointed to the idea and promise of what he would do for us after his death and his resurrection. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Well, we've had a bunch of kinfolk die. So he couldn't be talking about the natural realm. He has to be talking about the natural realm, referring to the spiritual realm. He that believeth in me shall never die. Oh, he might die in this world. But the real him, the essence, the spirit man. Oh, the spirit man stays alive and then I'm going to resurrect the body and join the two together and bring him back up in a glorified body. Every time Jesus resurrected someone from the dead, he was speaking to the church saying, I got this. I got this. Don't worry about mama or daddy or grandma or that baby that no person should ever have to bury their children. That baby you have in the ground. Jesus is telling you this morning, I got this. He didn't say, I do resurrections. He said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. This is one of my favorite verses in John 5. Jesus said, truly, truly the hour is coming and now is. It's like it... It happened in that moment. While he was talking, it became the moment. He said, truly, truly, the hour is coming. And now is. When the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. Let me read the rest of this to you. For as the Father has life in himself, so has he granted the Son to have life in himself. And he's given him authority to execute judgment because he's the son of man. Do not marvel at this for the hour is coming when all who are in the tombs, all those who have died will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and to those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. He is revealing his will, intentions and plans to the world through the resurrection. Everyone that died, what happens after I die? You, your spirit man either goes to, to be present with the Lord or to hell. The holding place until the resurrection where you are resurrected and finally judged. And everyone's going to be judged. The Christian's going to be judged and the unbeliever. The Christian is going to be judged on his works for reward. The unbeliever, the one that's rejected Christ, will be judged for the sin nature and the sins. And there's no covering. And listen, Christians aren't better than you. As a matter of fact, most of us are worse than you. That's why we screamed out for a covering and a savior. Because we knew if he called in the accounts, we were damned and doomed. So there's no Christian here that looks down at you. Any, any Christian that has pride and looks down on other people is not born again. You can't understand the gospel and think less of someone else. I'm just happy to have a hat and a jersey, baby, just to sit on the seat. Just I'm on the team. He wanted, to, revealing his intentions, he wanted to save us from our sins. 
And see, this is where the world is trying to trick this generation. Benny's trying to trick our babies with this, okay? There are no such thing as sins. Don't call fornication a sin, sex with someone outside of marriage. Don't call adultery sin, sex with someone else's partner. Don't call homosexuality a sin. Don't call drunkenness a sin. Don't call covetous a sin. Don't call, there's, there's no sins. If we can just get the listen, stop. There's, it's your truth. Whatever your truth is. And if, and if your heart's not convicted, then you're good. There's no absolutes because if there is no sin, then there can be no conviction. And if there is no conviction, there can be no repentance. And if there's no repentance, there can be no forgiveness. And if there is no forgiveness, all that's left is judgment. He wanted us to know. They said, and he shall, they shall call his name Jesus because he will save them from their sins. I have not stopped sinning to be saved. My salvation has created a desire within me to stop sinning. And when I do, I go to my Father and I confess my sins. And He is faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. He wanted to save us from our adversary, the devil. He wanted to save us from this evil and adulterous generation. He wanted to save us from ourselves. Do you know if we could cook, if we could... Uh, kick the person in the rear end that was most responsible for all our problems, we wouldn't be able to sit down for weeks and weeks. Where it's, it, it's us. A corrupt heart, a corrupt nature. Our hearts distinctly wicked above all things. You, if you don't believe in original sin, which means you're born a sinner because your father was a sinner and it's passed on, just look at two-year-olds in a sandbox. One takes the truck. The other one grunts. Ah! He picks up the Tonka truck, which weighs 11 pounds, and hits him across the head. Takes back the plastic truck. Ah! <laughs> you see, it's in there. The nature's in there. Christ, what, what's God's intentions? He didn't want to make me a robot. He wanted to re redeem me back, but he wanted to save me from my sins. There's a friend of mine here. I've already called his name. I'm not going to do it again, but he knew me back when. Back in college, 120 years ago. Drunk four or five nights a week for seven years. When Christ saved me, I remember taking all my fraternity jerseys and my pen. And this may not mean anything to you, but this was, this was my whole life. It's all I had. I worked three jobs and I was a drunk. And I went to school part-time. Uh, I say, what was your average? A W. W means withdrawal. If, it means so you don't fail, you just withdraw. And I remember turning in all my jerseys and, oh, look at John. He, he's holy. He's, he's religious. John's got Jesus. And I, and I put a little pin on all the jerseys. I said, no, guys, I ain't judging you. I'm judging me. I'm not strong enough in my new faith to live in the vortex of all of this. But, I, yeah, I, I just... I'm going to live for the Lord. And I had a friend of mine, good, good guy. He tapped the bar stool, looked me in the face. He said, six months, you'll be right back here. 33 years later. <laughs> hey, I'm not asking you to clap for me. People could take this microphone and tear this place up. What I'm telling you is he saved me from 
the power that controlled my life. I'm not delivered from the pull of sin. I can be in a restaurant today and I hear somebody go, Shh. I said, gooseneck. Some of y'all don't know what that is. I, I, know this, I know the sound. So do you want one, John? Yeah, I, I could. But it's been 34, 86, 96, 1006, 30 years since. See, his intention was that I could live in a world and not be a slave to sin anymore. So I had the power to be free. I remember the first time I ordered iced tea with oysters. See, some of y'all have no idea what I'm talking about. And others are like fighting not to laugh. And, and, and I had my little oyster and I put my little stuff on the cracker and I drank my tea. And I just... <laughs> it didn't taste, that didn't taste right. That didn't taste right. It didn't taste right. But I don't want you to get me wrong. These people that give you the testimonies and tell you what all they gave up to follow Jesus. I gave up discouragement, depression, suicidal thoughts, bondage, alcohol, some drugs, perversion. You want me to keep going? The exchange was glorious. He revealed his intentions. He wanted to save us from the wages of sin and give us salvation. Number three, the resurrection is the answer to what happens after we die, which I've already covered part of that. I just want to give you the verses. Revelation 20, and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever's name was not found written in the Lamb's book of life was cast into the lake of fire. That's not preached or believed today. That God is not a God of judgment. What kind of God would send somebody to hell? What kind of God would let somebody like me or you go to heaven? That's a better question. But he's revealing. It answers the question. The resurrection answers the question. What happens after we die? We either stand before God for our sins or we stand before God before our works. But we will all give an account unto God for the deeds done in our body. Both the righteous, both the dead and the living will be changed at the coming of the Lord for his people. 1 Corinthians 15. It says, Beloved, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we'll all be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the sound of the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we'll be changed before the resurrection unto judgment. The rapture of the church is going to take place. And all that have ever died in Jesus Christ are going to come up out of the ground and we which are alive and remain, there may be some of us here that never taste death. We're going to be changed into the image of God, uh, in a glorified body, into that likeness, and forever be changed. That's going to take place before that other resurrection. We'll be judged according to our works first.
before they're judged according to their sins. You believe in that? Oh, absolutely. I, I am shocked, shocked as a minister that we're still here. I believe the trumpet of the Lord is at the mouth of the angel and the cry is about to go out and he's going to call us home to be with him. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Number four, and I've waited all morning to tell you this. There's only two left, but I can get them very quickly. The resurrection is the answer for the believer it's the answer to everything. Hear me out before you judge that statement. Oh, for everything. If I was sitting in church, I put myself in your place, and if I was sitting in church and someone said, I have the answer to everything. I said, first of all, that's audacious. That's presumptuous. And that's a mighty broad statement that you have the answer to everything. For the believer, Yes, I do. And I believe I can back it up by scripture. For every loss, for every rejection, for every abuse, physical and sexual and verbal, for every abandonment, for every betrayal, for every broken covenant, for every, every mistreatment, for every malignment, for every cruelty, for everyone who has buried someone that they still can't live without. For everyone who was rejected, betrayed, or exchanged for another person. For everyone who has ever had a family or never had a family and those who had one and lost them all. For those who have, have crimes committed against them that are unspeakable and the damage is irreversible. And they've never recovered. For those whose lives have been cut short. For those whose hearts have been broken. For those whose dreams are shattered. And those who live today as ghosts. Supernatural. I mean uh, super spiritual. I'm sorry. Nitwits. We just tell them. Just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And you know. Uh, put a smile on your face. Declare yourself to be well. My husband died. 51 years we were together. There is, there is no bootstrap. I'm limping. But I'm limping all the way to heaven. I'm limping all the way to the moment where he's going to change the rules. He's going to change the game. He is going to fix all that's broken. Ben, if you'd come please this morning. For those who've lived with nothing and lived in poverty and for those who have lived in luxury and for those that have lost it all. For every... Listen, listen to this. For every question that you do not have an answer for, please hear that. And I'm not going to ask you to stand. How many have a question in their heart, a godly question? You've asked God, you've had asked others, and there's no answer yeah. besides me. Okay. I'm not the only one. Makes me feel good. For every question... For every unanswered prayer, 
where heaven is silent, it doesn't say a word. Who else? Not a word. For every delay, for every denial, and even those that feel that they have a charge against God. They would not do it for humility of heart, but they have a charge. Listen to this. Revelation 21. And John said, I saw in the Spirit a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And in this new heaven and new earth, there was no more sea. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared like a bride adorned for her wedding and for her husband. And I heard a great voice from heaven declare, Behold, which means look, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God will be with them and be their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eye. The capacity to cry will be taken from you. So think about it. That that happened, that uncle, that father, that, and God says, healed. Listen, oh, it gets better. And there'll be no more death. When we get home and you see Papa, you'll see him the next day and the next day and the next day. And when we've been there 10,000 years, we have not even begun because the last enemy that Jesus Christ conquers is death. He wipes tears. Do you believe God created everything with the spoken word? Well, he kills death with the spoken word. He said, there is no more death. We ain't even going to age no more. Glory to God. I told him at the resurrection, I said, you ain't got to save none of these parts. Just no, You don't have to refurb. Just leave them all in the ground. We'll start from scratch with mine. There'll never be sorrow. Someone, if they ask, you know, Pastor, what does the Lord mean by sorrow? I know at that moment that you and I will never be able to relate. I, I, I can't connect with someone that has not spent hours looking off in the distance at nothing. That can't sleep and don't want to wake up when they do. That fights depression. That fights to be good for their wife and their children and uh, they, they don't want to live inauthentic, but you can only be, you know, keep it real. Well, you can kill people if you keep it too real. and kill everybody around you. And the emptiness gnaws at you and the loss gnaws at you and the unfulfillment gnaws at you and the futility gnaws at you. To hear these words, God says, Hey, John, there will never, ever be a moment of sorrow in your life. You see, do you see?
how this resurrection opens the door. He had to be resurrected to get to the seat of authority to declare the future. He's telling us the future backwards. He said, this is what's ahead of you. Nor crying. Well, he's already wiped the tears away. He said, yeah, but they're not coming back. Nor pain. And everybody over 50 said, oh, thank you, Lord. Kelly asks me all the time. She goes, what's wrong? What's wrong? I said, baby, everything. I just, you know, <laughs> you don't want to just keep saying it because you sound like you're a martyr, you know. She goes, no, really. I said, well, both knees, this shoulder, my back, left side, back, right side, abdomen, have a headache, sinuses, allergies. Oh. <laughs> she told me one time, she said, do, do, do you know that you moan in your sleep? I said, yeah. We just got married. And I, you know, she goes, no, like, like painful moaning. I said, yeah. She goes, why? I said, because I hurt. Oh. I said, well, don't worry. You know, Kelly's 15 years younger than me. I said, don't worry. The Lord's already shown it's going to be okay. Me and you are going to be good. See, here I am, Kelly, and here you are. But you're going to age so exponentially <laughs> that by the time we get to the end, they're going to think we're childhood sweethearts. <laughs> she, she said, the Lord didn't tell you that. I said, no, but it was funny. You know. All right, listen. No sorrow, no crying. And he said, all these former things have passed away. Now, in this world, take God out of the picture, take the Holy Spirit out of the picture, when your daddy passes away, it means they're gone. He said, all these things are gone. Not to return. And then the one that sat upon the throne said, behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, write it down so that John can preach it in Macon, Georgia, that these words are faithful and true. It is done. Well, it hadn't happened yet. Oh, yeah, baby. It's happened. You haven't got home yet, but it's happened. The work is finished. Christ is victor. And all things will be made new. <laughs> Ushers, if you will, we're going to start serving from the back very quickly. Uh, church family we're going to take communion together this morning which is right I need everybody to look at me before you take listen if you're not right with the Lord Jesus if you're not a Christian all you have to do is ask him to say God I repent I repent I turn towards you but if you're a Christian and there's willful rebellious sin in your life that you're not willing to confess while you're sitting down just pass the plate no one's going to judge you. But the Bible says that you can eat and drink sickness and death by not discerning the body of the Lord. It's a, seri it's a serious thing. So we don't partake lightly. I have passed the plate before. So not everyone has to take. But what God wants is for you to, as it comes, repent of the sin and partake of the communion together. Okay, guys, if you'll begin to serve, I'm going to finish this last part of the message. Can we do both at the same time? No. I got one point left and we'll be done.
The resurrection is the answer to the one that's holding on. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but if the, word, if the Lord gave me word of knowledge and I could walk through and touch the people, and I say, you're one day away from quitting. You're one, the knot at the end of your rope is coming unraveled. You're, you're not going to make it. My, you'll think, my marriage is, I, I see it, but I'm not going to make it. I'm, I'm physically not going to make it. There's not enough energy. There's not enough emotion. There's not enough physical strength. The spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. There's just not enough. I just can't, I can't see God working. I can't see God. There's not enough pieces. There, there's no variables for the Lord to do this. I just, I, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I'm not being melodramatic. If you've been married longer than two weeks and you've raised children, you get to those places, you know, how, how are we going to feed our babies? How are we going to keep the house? How, Lord, all we have is yours. And you get to those places. The resurrection is the answer to the person that is holding on if they only knew how thin the thread was that you were holding on to. At the resurrection, something beautiful happened. There's these soldiers, Roman soldiers, standing beside the, the, the tomb and they'd rolled this great stone. Several men had to roll it to cover up so they didn't want the body to be stolen so the Jews could say Jesus rose from the dead. They had heard chatter that Jesus said, you know, uh, just like Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days, he'd be there three days and he'd rise. And there was this great earthquake. Not a difference between a tremor, the Bible said a great earthquake for an angel with such came and rolled the stone away. So there's an earthquake going on and a stone being pushed away by the angel. What do you think these Roman soldiers did? Fainted or ran is my, is, that's the only two options. I mean, ran. I mean, dropped everything, sword, spear, cash, ran. Probably just, oh, and fainted. So stone is rolled away. And I saw this in my spirit this week for someone. You need to see this. And the Bible says, that his face shone like lightning. Just, he'd been in the presence of God. Brilliance, glory. And he spoke to the disciples. I see him with his leg crossed. I don't know if it was or, was or not. But this angel said to them, why? The disciples come to the tomb to see Jesus. The tomb's empty, stones rolled away. The kerchief is folded, napkins folded. Why, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He got up just like he said. Just like he said. He said, I've been watching Yahweh for eons. He can't lie. He, he can't tell an untruth. I can see the angel going, what's wrong with y'all? Didn't he say he would get up? Well, he got up. And this is not a word of condemnation. The resurrection is the answer. He's going to take care of you just like he said. He's going to forgive you just like he said. 
He's going to restore you just like He said. You may have long nights and long seasons and the road back may be horrible and hard, but God has a plan. God is working the plan and God will finish the plan. And the answer to your question today, whatever it is, is that Christ rose from the dead and is seated at the right hand of God. That's the answer. Would you give the Lord praise this morning? I've asked Ben to sing through this hymn and then we're going to take communion together and be dismissed. There is coming a day where no heartache shall come No more clouds in the sky No more tears to dim the eye All is peace forevermore On that happy golden shore What a day, glorious day that will be Guys, if you can find the lyrics, put it up there for me. What a day that will be When my Jesus I shall see And I look upon His face The one who saved me by His grace Then He'll take me by the hand And lead me through the promised land What a day, glorious day that will be There'll be no sorrow there No more burdens to bear No more sickness, no pain No more parting over there Y'all stand with us forever I will be Let's sing it together With the one who died for what a day, glorious day that will be. Oh, what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his He'll take me by the hand And lead me through the promised land What a day, glorious day that will be Hey Ben, just, just selfishly, just selfishly for me I want you to sing that verse one more time Chorus, we're taking this and we're going home This just means more to me than you'll ever know I feel like I am that close to heaven. I just feel like I'm, you know, field of dreams. Remember where the guy stuck his hand through the thing? 
That's where I feel like we're at. This is coming. Sing it for me, buddy, because I, I can't do it. I'd do it myself. I'd do it. There'll be no sorrow there. No more burdens to bear. No more sickness, no pain. And no more parting over there. And forever I will be with the one who died for me. What a day, glorious day that will be. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see and I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace, then he'll take me by the hand and lead me through the promised land. Oh, what a day, glorious day that will be. Then he will take me by the hand and lead me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day that will be. It's my honor to lead us now in one of the two ordinances of the church. This bread and this grape juice does not become the body or the blood of the Lord. Jesus is in one piece where he's at, enthroned. But it is symbolic. And he asked us, he said, as long as you do this, just remember me. Remember the method. Remember the motive. and Remember the end of the story. Think of, keep it before you. So, when we break this bread, the same night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, he broke it, he gave it to his disciples. He said, this is my body. It's going to be broken for you. As often as you do this, remember me. So let's break together and take. Wounded for my transgressions, bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him, and by his stripes I was healed. And then he said something that they never caught full effect until later. Till they, Jesus fulfilled his priestly duties, took the blood to the tabernacle, and they received a clear conscience for the first time. He said, this is my blood that's shed for you, for the remission of your sins. Your sins my sins gone I remember them but he doesn't for he bore them in his body on that tree and if you would would you lift the cup with me we remember you Jesus we remember you in your humility we remember you in your 
embarrassment, your humiliation. We remember your death and we remember your resurrection. Here's to you, Lord, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Let's take together. There's nothing I can add to his word. Have a wonderful Lord's Day. God bless you.